On Tehillim, we are at the end of Chodesh Nisan. Very, bless you. Very happy month, but we are progressing towards the the conclusion of the holiday of Pesach, which is holiday of Shavuot, because they're connected holidays. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have freedom without the Torah. Freedom doesn't no mean freedom doesn't mean to just have be able to do whatever you want. But it's the freedom to live by the will of your soul and not by the tendencies of your body. Yeah. Right? And the tendencies of body typically take the form of addictions, while the will of a soul is the will to live beyond those trivial, menial addictions that our body tries to get us involved into. So the Torah teaches us to train our bodies to live in accordance with our souls. And that is true freedom. And that's why Shavuot is the conclusion of the holiday of freedom that begins on Pesach. Now back to Tehillim, we are on chapter 80, uh, 70, 78. This is maybe one of the most fascinating Mizmorim. It's going to mm-hmm. take us a couple of days. Mm-hmm. It could be the most fascinating Mizmor so far. The only thing is it's 72 Psukim, so it's the longest Mizmor we've done so far as well. Mm-hmm. The reason it's so fascinating is that this is a Mizmor in which this, the composer of the psalm goes through a vast portion of the majority of the, of, the, uh, of the history of Bnei Israel, And he goes through uh, more than just the miracles. He goes through um, all of the occurrences in the desert. Yes. Not From only the, the Makot at Har Sinai. He goes through the, the, the miracles in the desert that got us into Eretz Israel, including the conquest of the land. And then he goes back and he talks about the Makot that he brought upon Mitzrayim. Now, the reason I find this so interesting is because... You could see it as somewhat of a commentary on the other parts of the Torah, right? You have commentaries on the Torah which are external commentaries, which are commentaries by third parties, by other people. But then you sometimes have fascinating incidents of internal commentaries in the, of the Torah, in which one part of the Torah is described by another part of the Torah. As the uh, Chazal say, um, What's the phrase? Something like that. That the words of the Torah, sometimes they'll use less words in one place, but you can make up for it from an abundance of words in the other place. So if we study this carefully, we're going to see some very interesting things. Like, I didn't know, just as an example, where the concept of Arov, how the translation of Arov came about. Because the the the... The academic scholars say Arov, which we call a, a plague of wild beasts that was brought upon the Egyptians. The academic scholars say it's like a plague of, uh, of bugs. Now, I, I, I don't know where they got it from. But I also did not know where, where the, the more traditional commentaries got the idea of, of wild beasts from. But if you read in this chapter, it says that God sent the Arov and, and they um, ate the people. Which makes it sound like it's referring to, to big, big, to big, big animals. animals. Yes. Exactly. So that's one example of an of a internal commentary that we're going to see in our chapter. I think it's going to be completely very fascinating, but it just may take three or four days to get through, okay? Yeah, no rush. A contemplation by Asaf, who is also the composer of the previous Mizmor. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, my people, to my Torah, to my instruction, my teaching. And uh, lend your ear to the words of my mouth. Now, the whole point, by the way, of going through the history of Bnei Israel 
is going to be it's a, remi- a reminder. A reminder and a rebuke to say that also, oh, you guys are, are dealing with a God who did all of this for you. <laughs> it's best you not forget that yeah, God. Forget. Okay, that's going to be the basic idea behind the entire mismore. My mouth will open with a tale or with a mashal, with an example. Uh, I'll recount stories from ancient times. These two psukim are both introductory psukim. Mm-hmm. They, are, they have parts A and B, both of which are saying the same thing. Right? It's a classic formulation of a pasuk in which the first half of the pasuk says the same thing. It's a poetic way and it's a way, it's a way of uh, emphasizing a point yes. exactly. Where else do we see a pasuk structured... Um, in this A-B formulation in which the first half and the second half of the Pasuk are saying like the same thing. Many times. It's many times. Listen, heavens, and I'll speak. Right? These are uh, from like the Shirata Azinu. You see this happen a lot, okay? It happens a lot in songs. And rebuking songs. Yeah, exactly. And these are things that we heard and we knew for our fathers told us. Okay? We should not conceal from their children to the later generation, uh, but we should tell the later generation of the praises and the glories of God and of his might and his miracles that he has done. Meaning in this passage we're saying, we, all of these things that we know from our forefathers, we should not hide it from our forefathers' descendants and the next generations. Shema Yisrael. Yeah, exactly. Like what we say in the Shema Yisrael. Right? Uh, okay. Pasuk 5, Pasuk He. Vayakem aidut bi'akov v'torasam bi'israel. And now we kind of go uh, a little bit to the history. Now we're speaking, we're going to introduce when God first introduced us to the Torah. So he set a precept in Yaakov, the Torah Sambi Israel, and he gave teachings in Israel. And he commanded our fathers to also teach them to their kids. So that's why we have to make sure this t- history is known to our kids. So that the next generation that they, they come, the, the, the people that have not yet been born, they may know all of these things and they can arise and tell their own children. So here's the way that the Mizmor basically starts. It's saying a lot of the, the Torah and the laws were given to Bnei Israel for them to be taught over to the next generation. But how do you motivate the next generation to teach and to, and to keep continue, these laws? To, to show them the history of Bnei Israel. The history of Bnei Israel and all the good that God did will be a motivation for you to keep the Torah that was passed along and was taught to you. Okay, so that's kind of like the, the theory, going, the going theory here. And they should be, this generation should be taught these things so that they'll place their trust in God. Kislam is another word for trust. They will not forget the, the deeds of the Almighty. And they will keep His commandments. Okay? They will not be like their forefathers, a generation of wayward and rebelliousness, a, a generation that did not 
was not steadfast with its heart. Lo yichin libo was not a thing with its heart. Was not a, a steadfast and committed with its heart. That's the word. Whose spirit was not faithful to God. So that now this new generation which will be educated in the Torah and will be taught properly will not be like the generation of this is really talking about the generation of the Midbar. Yes, yes, yes. Of yes. the people of the, the, the Jews who received the Torah. So that they will not be like that generation of the Jews who received the Torah, who were not committed to Borei Olam, and, uh, um, and their spirit was not in line with, the, with God. Okay? Pasuk Tet. Yeah, exactly. So, so the whole thing is a rebuke of the generation whoa, of Midbar whoa, whoa. to teach the future generations not to be like them and to be more committed to Borei Olam than they were. And unfortunately, they still didn't listen to this. It's not yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pasuk Tet. Bene Ephraim no sheke rome kashet hafehu biyom kerav. The sons of Ephraim were archers equipped with bows. Yet they turned back on the day of battle. I'm not exactly sure what this is in reference to. Let's see what the note says. Sons of Ephraim, archers, equipped with bows. Yet they turned back and fled on the day of battle. It is not completely clear to which historical event this is referring. Okay, Correct. so I'm not the only one. Um, some Midrashim speak of an early attempt by the sons of Ephraim to leave Egypt before the time of the Exodus. The verse can also be understood as a reference to the kingdom this. of Ephraim as a northern kingdom of Israel, sometimes known, which abandoned the laws of Torah. That's exactly what I thought. Uh, there are two ways of understanding this. Okay, this is Pasuk says a negative thing about Ephraim. So what could that mean? Because we're really talking about early history. Am Israel in the desert. That's the, the context we're in right now and in the historical account. And Ephraim, according to this, some Rashim say that Ephraim actually attempted to leave Egypt early and was unsuccessful. On his own. I've heard about Midrash. It's a fascinating Midrash, right? That there was a group uh, that Ephraim was trying to leave early. Very, very fascinating. Uh, they, they did not have any success There's, And another possible interpretation Is that Ephraim represents The kingdom of the north Which in general The kingdom of the north Was not very committed to the Torah So it's just an example of Them turning back On the day of them, Yeah the, <laughs> They did not keep The covenant of Hashem And they refused to keep His Torah And that's why They turned back On the day of battle Okay. They forgot his deeds and the, and the miracles that God showed them And he had wrought wonders before their fathers In the land of Egypt in the field of Tzohan okay, So he's saying he, An example of what could happen Is like the people of Ephraim They didn't keep the Torah And they had to turn back on the day of battle And they were ultimately destroyed first While Boreolam had done miracles for their forefathers that they should have taken into consideration should before they started remembered. They going should remembered. In fact, now that I read this, I think the Midrash that says it's referring to them trying to leave Egypt early, I think that's not the Peshat. I think the Peshat is, is not that. I think the Peshat is that they... Uh, I think the Peshat is referring to the kingdom of Ephraim and it's saying how they went into exile early because they didn't keep the Torah. That that there that the, that was given to God that was the God who did miracles for their own forefathers. I think that's the peshat. Okay, we continue with Zerushem. The, the history starts in Pasuk Yugimo, where he's going to start with the Kriyat Yamsuf and all the histories of the thing. And ultimately, again, the Mizmor is to tell Bnei Israel keep the Torah because you've seen what happens when you don't keep the Torah. And why wouldn't you? After all, Borei Olam has done all these miracles. He's proved. He's done his his side. He's showing you. Okay. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. Amen.